0: All right, today I'm uh, still in a series called It All Started in a Garden. And I know you're thinking, when are we gonna end this series? It's none of your business. That's just none of your business. Um, it will end soon. But uh, the the big idea kind of behind this whole uh, series t- to me has been that... that Agricultural ideas the, that all of God's creation started, um, mankind's living in creation started in a garden, and that there are agricultural kind of guard, gardening ideas and principles that really are built into the fabric of uh, how we live and how life really works. And so we've just taken a journey through some of the different places in the Bible that that give us pictures that help us understand how things really work. And today, I want to look at Psalm chapter 1. There's just three verses in Psalm 1, but it's one of my favorite psalms. It's one of my favorite pieces of Scripture. But Psalm 1, verse 1 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. This is the result of that. He will be like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers. Everybody say, whatever he does. Hey, prospers and I love this picture um, and and I think this concept is pretty important to get a hold of that what what happens when we when we when we cut off following the scoffer and the sinner and the scornful and and ad- adopting that as a way of life but we're we're delighting in the law of the Lord we're meditating on um, and we're thinking about the way that God thinks, that we become this tree that's firmly planted. We're, we're fruitful, fruitful in our season. Our leaf doesn't wither, and whatever we do, it prospers. Because I think sometimes people, here's why I think this is so important. I think sometimes people think the Bible is for the religious side of my life. The Bible is for the spiritual side of my life. Uh, The Bible is for the church side of my life. But I just want us to continue to remember that the Bible is, is full of life and brings blessing to every arena of your life. Whatever he does, he prospers. So just like the apple tree is full of the life of apples and bears the fruit of apple, uh, just like the orange tree is full of the life of oranges and bears the fruit of orange or grapefruit trees or lemon trees or banana trees or whatever trees, so the the Bible is telling us this, if, if we will buy this idea that there are certain things that we want to say goodbye to, we're going to say no way to, that I'm not going to buy into that way of living or thinking or going about life, but I am going to buy into this way, This is the life that comes out. This is the fruit that is born. So what I want to do today is uh, look at a few key concepts that, uh, that are in this passage that can teach us how we can be prosperous, how we can be fruitful, how we can be rooted. The first one is our associations, our associations, who we hang out with, who we spend time with, Who or what influences our thinking? So Psalm 1 puts it this way. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. I think it's important to, to recognize who or what is actually influencing the way that we go about life. Uh, Because we're all being bombarded with ideas about what's right and what's wrong, about who's right and who's wrong. We're all being bombarded with with ideas about what kind of sexuality is correct or not. We're being bombarded with ideas of all kinds. And and I just (laughs) want us to keep remembering that, Everything that you hear, everything that you see, everything you hear on the news or things that come across music or movies or any kind of art or art artistry that's in the world today. Our friends, our family, it's all, it's all being filtered so that you are, are only getting what somebody wants you to hear. You're not getting... You're not getting the whole picture. You're getting... The news is giving you what somebody wants you to hear and not giving you what they don't want you to be paying attention to. And the... and But I want to say this, because I do think that it all seeps in. The news and uh, the music we listen to, the the movies we watch, the TV shows we watch. um, But our friends, our family... There's probably nothing that can affect you more than the people you spend time with. Uh, I've been pastoring for several decades now, and I I hold to this even more now than I ever have before. The people that you spend time with are going to have the biggest impact on your life. They are going to influence your thinking. They're going to influence your outlook, they're going to influence what you think is, is allowable or not allowable. And those things are, are, are coming into all of our lives through people. We, we, we pick up people's attitudes. You know, when my kids were, were small, I could always tell who they'd been hanging around. But how I many you know that doesn't just apply to kids? It applies to Everybody. You pick up outlooks. You even you even pick up the spirit of a person who who you're spending time around. And I want us to to recognize the the the, the tension we have to manage because God hasn't called us just to live isolated in the bubble Christian lives. Uh, that but so First Corinthians five. As I wrote you in my letter, Apostle Paul uh, writing to the Corinthian church, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I didn't at all mean with the immoral people of the world uh, or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters for then you'd have to go out of the world. But actually I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he being an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler, or a drunkard or a swindler not even drink a pumpkin spice latte <laughs> with such a one. And I think this passage is telling us that we, we should associate with all kinds of people, no question. And maybe for some of us, it might not be a bad idea to spread our association out so that we can make a positive influence. But what I wanna say, and what I think is so, so valuable, is the main influencers in your life. Uh, It's not just stay away from negative influence, but like, If you're married, are you hanging around with people who have healthy, vibrant marriages? Try this side of the room. (laughs) Are you hanging around people that are full of positive faith in God? Are are you... Who's influencing you? Are are you hanging around people who are walking with God in a vibrant, healthy way? And I think some of us, we'd have to stop and consider the fact that because it's so easy to end up isolated, we're not hanging around with hardly anybody that's influencing us in the right direction. And I don't care if you're a middle schooler or a high schooler or a young adult or if you're 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, you're being influenced. And are you, are you making sure, that's one of the reasons I think like what the girls are going to do on Friday night is so valuable, because it gives you a chance to connect with real people who are full of life, who are full of love, and the beginning of a relationship can happen. The beginning of something beautiful could take place there. Are you hanging around with people who are growing and moving forward in life? Are you hanging around with people who said, I'm not going to give excuses anymore, I'm just going to find reasons to move forward? I think we have to be aware of who is influencing who. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, don't be deceived, Don't, don't kid yourself, bad company corrupts good morals. So there's, there's, there's a tension to manage. There's two sides of the, of the coin because we, we don't want to so isolate that we can't help influence people up in the right direction. But we also have to be careful about who is influencing us. If, if you're wearing white gloves... And you start working in the dirt. I mean you know the dirt doesn't get glovey. <laughs> the gloves get dirty. And all that to say is that it's far easier to get pulled down. And then it is to pull people up. So the people that are in your world, are, are, they, are they full of faith? Or are they negative, cynical, full of doubt? The influence are, are, are the people in your world negative? Are they positive? Are you negative? Or positive? Are, are the people in your world hopeful? Tomorrow's going to be a better day. Or are they cynical? I think I must be preaching this real good because nobody's saying a thing, so <laughs> I, I'm good. Are, are the people that are influencing you that you've got around you, do they love God and his purpose? Or they're just not really that interested. They're more interested in going to the lake on the weekend than serving the purpose of God. You're going to become just like the people you hang around. And there's going to be people... They're going to they're gonna tell you, oh, come on, man, you don't have to go to church that much. You don't have to serve God like that wholeheartedly. Who are you hanging around with? I don't even care if they are supposedly Christians. Your associations are going to make such a huge difference in your life. And I look at this uh, passage and it gives this idea. You don't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. And I think the spirit of our world is full of scoffers. You know, I mean, the news full of scoffers. Late night TV full of scoffers. I remember Suzette and I went to New York one year for our anniversary, and I thought it would be fun to go see a David Letterman show, and uh, before he stepped off the air, and they spent an hour and a half pumping us to laugh at David Letterman's jokes now I wanted to go because I thought it would be cool but we got in there and his his whole monologue was so full of scoffing and negative and making fun of and I just found myself not so thrilled and I don't know that I watched another episode of David Letterman after that. I even bought a late-night T-shirt, and I haven't even worn it. (laughs) And I'm not picking on one person because this... We're gearing up for a, a new political campaign. And if it's anything like any of the others... It's full of scoffing and name calling and trying to dig up dirt on people's past. And it's the spirit of the world. Hello? The 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 spirit of of the world, it's negative, it's critical, it's cynical, it's argumentative. It's in social media like crazy. And it always, like, it puzzles me why there are, like, there's Christians that are so argumentative under the heading of, we got to keep things pure and right and holy according to their outlook. Music, movies, TV, uh, it's full of scoffers. And I'm saying, eventually, if that's all that feeds into your system, everybody you're hanging around with, all the news you're watching, all the shows you watch, all the music you listen to, everything is coming in. You're not gonna have the life of God flowing in you that's gonna cause you to bear the kind of fruit that your leaf is never gonna wither and you're gonna bear fruit and whatever you do is gonna prosper. I'm just saying, we gotta be awake enough to be aware of the negative influences, whether it's coming from media. Or, however, as well as the people that are around us, and and don't just cut off the negative. You got to move to the positive. You, 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 amen. You, you got to make that move to to get close to somebody that is full of life and faith and encouragement and come on can can bring something good into your world. Amen. The, the second concept that I think is pretty valuable here is our delights. Like what, what we truly delight in. Like what our, our want to. So Psalm 1 verse 2 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Delighted. Like you like it. Like you want to. Delighted in the word of God. Delight, not just... A book, but delighted in the ideas that that book is telling us. And my discovery is you you like what you, you want to eat what you've been eating. You want to drink what you've been drinking. Like if you've been drinking Coke, you want to drink Coke. And it tastes good to you. If you've been drinking water, water tastes good. If you've been eating Oreos, you want Oreos. But if you've been eating healthy food, you start to want it. So I think, and I think everybody has their own likes, their de- delights. I mean, like some people love music. I'm one of those kind of guys. Like I love music, always have. Uh, some people love movies. Anybody love to go to the movies? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like movies at all. Um, And it's not, I just don't like my emotions played with like that. Um, I got enough drama already. I don't need all that. Some people actually love church. They, They love the house of God. They love it. They delight in it. It's, it's, not, it's not some kind of, oh, my gosh, i got to go to church. Oh, my gosh, they're asking us to serve. Oh, my gosh, they're asking us to give. Oh, my gosh, they're asking us to worship. Oh, my gosh, they're asking us to be a Christian. But they love the house of God. They, they delight in it. It's not, a, it's not a deal, oh, better get up and go or else gotta be mad at me. Some people love good food. Can I get a witness? Do I have a friend? So, some people love family. Some, some people love traveling. Some people don't want to leave Buncombe County. So we always find time and money to do what we really want to do, what we really like. And here's my question. How would you describe your relationship with your Bible? Like, do you love it? Is it a part of your life? Do you meditate on it? Do you think about it? Do you read it? Do you let it affect the way you think? And I would never, I would never push for because I think we're missing the point. Some kind of legalistic devotional plan to say how many. How many days in a row have you read your Bible? Because it's not about clocking time or clocking days or clocking streaks or putting your time in. It's about interacting with the truth that's in the Word of God in a way that affects your heart. That you're letting it Enter into your world and change your desires. What you used to love, you don't love it anymore. What you never loved at all, now you love it. Psalm 119 verse 10 says, With all my heart, I've sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Something about just putting the word of God in to your head, to your heart, to your outlook. And it, it starts to change something inside of you. We're not just, I got through three chapters today. Thank God that's over. Psalm 37, verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So there's some kind of connection between delight and desire. And I think there's two angles. One is if if, if, if this is not a call to any kind of perfect life, but just there's something in me that says something in you, something in us that just says, "God, I love you. I I, I want to pray because I want to be in your presence for a while. I want to worship because I want to be near you. I want that atmosphere. I, I want to read your word because the Holy Spirit might say something to me out of it, and." when we start to just move that direction, the Bible says God will give you what your heart desires. That's a beautiful thing. But I also think another part of it is if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the right desires. Like He'll change your desires to the right thing. And so my encouragement, because... What's going to bring us to that place where we're a tree firmly planted by streams of living waters, our leaf doesn't wither, we're fruitful in season, whatever we do, it prospers. It's delighting in the law of the Lord. It's it's meditating on his, His way. And... The Bible is not just a book of ideas, it's not just a book of commandments, it's, it, it's, it's a book of power, it's a book of life. It's like there's the life of peace, the, the life of joy, the life of love, the life of life, the life of blessing, it all comes from delighting in the Word. And I, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be hard or hard-edged on this kind of thing, but honestly, if you could log for a little bit how much time you spend in front of the TV and how much time you spend in letting the Word of God wash over your heart, I'm not even saying those things have to be equal or not, but I am saying If we spend 10, 12, 14, 20 hours a week in front of the TV and 10 minutes in a week glancing at our Bible, if that... Amen. I love my pastor. He speaks the truth to me. And because he loves me. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna get started on this next idea, but I'm running out of time because everybody went too long in their part in the service before. <laughs> Pastor sees that, um, but uh, <laughs> but the third thing it, that I think is good, it makes a huge difference is our programming. Like what so someone too says his delight is in the law of the Lord and in in his law he meditates everybody say meditates he meditates day and night it, the word meditate it means to to muse to consider to take the time to ponder to stop and think And think and here's what I know all of us have programming in our soul all of us have programming in life we have these operating systems that are running underneath everything that's happening it it affects it affects the way we interpret what happens to us in, the, in life. And, and we, have, we have conscious and we have unconscious kind of thinking patterns, operating systems, programming that we look at the world through. We look at life through. We, we, we interpret what goes on. And this programming, all of us have it. It affects our choices, it, it 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 creates the ceilings that are in our life it that programming can limit us or it can free us um, it, it it can cause patterns that keep recurring like why does this keep happening to me and I, I want to say that, some of this stuff is so ingrained in us that we're not even realizing that programming is running our life. So that, that programming, this, this is maybe one of my big ideas altogether <laughs> out of my interaction with the Bible, life, the Word of God, people, people your programming is affecting your, your finances. How come some people are always getting ahead financially and some people just can't? Living in the same city, sometimes working in the same industry, your programming, my programming affects my relationships, It affects our self-esteem, how we really feel about ourselves, how we really decide what we are allowed to receive or not, and it affects our relationship with God. And so, Romans 12, 2, if you've been around here, you know this is a, a verse I've constantly pull back to, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how you're going to discover, that's how you're going to prove the will of God, the good, acceptable, perfect, fruit bearing, firmly planted, whatever you do prospers. So the beauty is you can change. You can change. I know somebody is sitting right next to somebody going, oh, let them, please let them hear this. You can change. You're not a tree. You can change. You're not a dog. You're not a cat. You're not an evolved monkey. You can change. The, The other truth is it's not that easy. To change our programming requires something, I think, supernatural, the Holy Spirit, as well as getting a new approach to the way we handle the Word of God in our life. Like, do we love it? Do we delight in it? Have we been eating it enough that now we want it. So I want to, I want to, I want to pray today. I want you to bow your heads, please. I want you to close your eyes and, Father, I believe that a blessed life in a blessed place is Your will for every person in this room. And you're gonna, you're walking us into this. You're, you're giving us clarity. I'm just. Believing God that a new a new chapter, maybe even a new book, is being put together in every person that's in this room. With your, with your head bowed, your eyes closed for just a moment. Maybe you're here today and you've never just surrendered your life to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Let's take that first step. It's a lot of steps, no question, but you gotta take the first one. You gotta open your heart. You gotta just say, yes. Maybe you're here today and you could look back on a day where you know you used to be closer to the Lord than you are today. And you know, it's just time for me to get back on track. Time for me to come back home. Or maybe you just don't have confidence but where you really stand with God. If you're in one of those places and you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? You wanna surrender for the first time. You wanna come back or you just wanna know for sure you're right with God and you say, that's me. Would you pray with me? And and more important, would you signal to God and open up your heart? If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand and say, yes, that's me. Pray for me all over this room. Just yes, I will surrender. Yes, I want to come back. Yes, I want to make sure I'm right with God. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, anybody else? Thank you. I want us to pray this prayer together. This is for everybody who lifted their hand, everybody who probably should have but couldn't find courage yet today. But I want us all to pray this out loud together. Everybody in the room say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your Lordship. Uh, I, I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today, is a fresh start and a new beginning as I open my heart to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.